Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential, along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Olivia Stewart, president of Oxbow Rum Distillery. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Olivia Stewart, sitting in for Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Have you heard this sentence lately? Please listen carefully as our menu options have changed. I bet you have. Seems like every place you call, from a giant multinational company to a local small business, has a phone system that has to constantly be updated. Why exactly does the menu have to change? What was wrong with the last time I called, when I had to press one for sales and two for tech support? If it seems like even making a simple phone call has gotten complicated these days, well, actually, the commercial phone business has never been simple. Back in 1980, here in Baton Rouge, Mark Tony started up a phone business for other businesses. He called it Preferred Telephone Systems. He was supplying phones that, in those days, you couldn't even buy. Believe it or not, you had to lease a telephone, even for your home, from the Count Them One phone company, Southwestern Bell. We've moved on from those monopoly days to a very different world of business phones. Today, we require a phone to do a lot more than just connect us to a receptionist. Echoing that demand for greater sophistication and technological advances, Tony's Preferred Telephone Systems is now called Preferred Data Voice Network. The current president of the company is Mark Tony's daughter, Melissa Acevedo. Melissa, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hi, thank you for having me. Your phone these days is more than just something you talk on. In fact, talking is probably what you do least on your phone. Most of the time, we're using our phone to access something online, whether it's social media, a news outlet, or making a restaurant reservation. We're probably using an app rather than making a simple telephone call. If you have a large business and you want people to interact with it online, you might even need an app of your own or at the very least, a website that works equally well on a phone, a tablet, and a computer. If you've thought about building your own app or customizing your own website, and you've actually pulled that off, you deserve a medal. Most of us are simply incapable of doing that. And that's why, here in Baton Rouge, we turn to app and web developers like Breach Software. Breach Software has built apps and web tools for LSU, state and local governments, and several small businesses. The company is headquartered at LSU's Business Center Innovation Park, and they're probably the only business in Baton Rouge to have gotten business advice from Family Feud host Steve Harvey. We'll get to that story later. The co-founder of Breach Software is Colin Abair. Colin, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hi, happy to be here. Melissa, let's start with please listen carefully as our menu options have changed. This type of recording we always hear, is that a type of AI or software controlling it, and is that part of your business? Or do you provide the hardware and someone else is responsible for please listen carefully and for the billing department, press one? 
<laughs> so it's so funny that you started started with that intro because that is one of my pet peeves to say that the menu options have changed because it's a redundancy, you know, it's an unnecessary statement, so to speak. But um, as just to backtrack a little bit, our company specializes in business telecom and a company's phone number is still the lifeline for their business. So companies need a way for customers and clients to reach them. And whether that is through a website and or a phone, I mean, the phone number is still something that is widely used and relied upon by businesses today. So the trick is to create a uh, system that allows callers to get through quickly and efficiently, but also to provide solutions to businesses that can both save money and improve um, efficiencies within the way that they're managing those calls. So what you're talking about is called an automated attendant and we do design through hardware and software so we provide both for businesses. Um, not only automated attendants but ring strategies, um, call queuing you've heard of or call centers where we're managing the flow of calls. So we have been in business for so long and have some really expert, um, not just myself, but other employees at Preferred, our technicians are second to none, and we have so many years of experience in an industry that has changed a lot, but in some ways remain the same. We still want to manage phone calls, reaching, it's just business communications. We want, want to manage the way that customers reach businesses in the most efficient way. Fascinating. <laughs> Mouthful. Well, absolutely. Well, speaking of that, Colin, there's an interesting paradox in the world of web and app development. Most of us as consumers use apps on our phones, but most of us as business owners are forced to build websites because we can build them ourselves or get them built relatively cheaply. But building an app requires a specialty app developer, and from what I've heard, it's fairly expensive. It seems to me that a software company that can build an app as easily and cheaply as a website would have plenty of interest. That seems to be what you're doing at Breach Software. Is that correct? Um, that's right. And I think uh, a lot of people that think that apps are more expensive, it's not a cost of goods sold or anything. It's really that uh, developing an app requires some specific knowledge that you don't have to have for building a website. There are a billion website builders out there, WordPress and Wix. You can spend five bucks and have a pretty good looking website done in not too long. Um, but when you're building an app, you need to have specific knowledge of you know, uh, the languages, the tools that you have. Uh, there are no truly good like Wix app builders. Um, there's a few out there that are decent, but they just don't kind of cover the, the same um, ground that WordPress or Wix or Squarespace or all those have done. As an app developer and there not being a readily available platform, go-to platform for customers, have you found that um, your new customers, they find you very easily? Are you, did you have an influx of people? Do you provide your service uh, at a cheaper rate, would you say, than many app developers? Yeah, so, uh, and part of the you know, development of apps and websites, the fact that we do both is very helpful for a lot of, bit, a lot of businesses who might just need uh, a simple app for their product. If we can build their website for them already, then we can upsell that app and we can do it at a, you know, a price that, that matches what they're, they're looking for um, in terms of business needs. 
And how did you start this business? Um, we started this business in 2019 or 2020 uh, because of a school project that, uh, that we had at LSU. So me and my two other co-founders are uh, LSU grads and we're in computer science at LSU. And we had a school project that was a bit of a competition. Um, we ended up coming in first in that competition. Um, and through that, we ended up with uh, a contract to continue building that product. And so we said, well, let's just kind of build a business around this, um, essentially just to build a resume. We weren't really trying to go into to business together. Um, but after about a year, we had you know, rounded up a couple more clients, um, one of which is uh, Mallard Bay, another startup in Baton Rouge. So started working with them. And then by the time we graduated, we had enough uh, income that we were like, well, let's do this full time. So took off from there and we've been doing it ever since. That was two years ago. And not so recently, your family started uh, preferred telephone systems. Preferred now it's preferred data voice networks. Preferred data <laughs> voice networks. But do you also say PDVN? Yes, we okay. say PDVN, which okay. every letter rhymes. So my email, PDVN. Melissa at PDVN.net. It's I have to always say P like preferred, D like data, V like voice and like networks.net. <laughs> so yes. did you always know you wanted to take over the family company? Um, for a... Yes, from early on. Yes, I did. Um, I attended LSU and uh, received an undergraduate degree in English literature with a minor in history. And what good did that do for me? Well, it taught me how to write. And I love, love, love to write. And believe it or not, you use it so much in business, definitely on websites and, and quotes and all Emails kinds of technical um, yeah, writings and stuff that I do that describe um, and help our customers use, know how to use what we sell them. So then I uh, worked in the business for a while and decided that I wanted to get my master's in business. So I went to LSU's EJ, EJ Orso School of Business, night school, um, had a baby in the middle of it, which was very interesting. So um, I loved it. It was an amazing, incredible experience to go to MBA at LSU. Uh, my teachers were top notch. I got some great uh, experience getting up and talking with people and working as a team and that sort of stuff. So yeah, I started in the business doing kind of the odd paperwork, um, was an office manager for a while, went into sales, and then took over when my dad retired. So I've kind of learned every aspect of the business, and um, I have to say, it's just so important to love what you do. It's so important. You know, it's, I, I would never wish on someone that they would go to a job they hate. It's, it's fun, and what I do is fun. It's very, very rewarding. When I was preparing for this, I thought, you know, what drives me? And it's, and, and I think I can speak for all of the employees at Preferred, it's this gratification that comes from helping businesses to improve what they're doing. You know, just being able to provide products and services that make them better for their customers and, you know, ultimately to succeed. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Olivia Stewart, sitting in for Stephanie Regal. I'm talking with Melissa Acevedo from Preferred Data Voice Network and Colin Bear from Breach Software. Colin, you obviously have a very strong tech background. What about the business side of things? Has that been challenging? Um, so definitely. Um, so in my past, I at this point, I'm, I, I think I can say I'm a serial entrepreneur. I don't know when to quit. Um, so my first business uh, was me and my uh, one of my current co-founders started when we were 15, we were selling bow ties in, uh, ties and bow ties in high school. 
Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's we had a great a time far doing cry it. From yeah. App oh yeah, very far. <laughs> I was the CTO of a uh, clothing company, which means I made the website. Um, ah, so not so far. Right. So, um, you know, of course, we lost a bunch of money uh, because we were terrible at business because we were 15 years old. Um, but then I started another company later on in high school building custom guitars. Um, essentially, the whole idea was to make guitars as showpieces um, because so many people have guitars and don't play them. We were like, I have a friend who's a very good painter. So uh, we would build the guitars, custom build, and then he would paint them with some kind of beautiful design or some you know landscape or whatever it was. Um, that one actually did make money. However, we uh, it's so time-consuming, and because we're in high school and live so far away from each other, we just had no time to do it. Um, so we're only able to produce you know four or five. Each of them took 200 hours to make, and we'd sell them for a few hundred bucks, right? Um, so our we did the math on our hourly rate. We were making about two dollars and fifty cents an hour. Um, so after that, throughout college, um, I had some business experience, you know, doing those, and then joined a couple of other small startups throughout college. But by the time I got to Breach, I had some experience, but not a ton. And so that's you know I, I've mentioned to the, to our co-founders our biggest struggle as a business um, is that we don't have a business lead. Um, and so as, you know, three tech founders, we're just running the business as a, a software company with no one going out, you know, finding leads, finding, you know, qualified buyers, things like that. It's, it's just people come to us. However, luckily, um, a lot of people just come to us. We've, have, we've had a lot of referrals, um, which, you know, makes things convenient when you don't have a salesperson. About how many clients do you have? Right at this moment, we are working on four projects, um, but we try to keep it to about two. Um, we are we just have a little bit of overlap right now. Uh, two is where we can really focus the most on both of those projects. Whenever we get to three or four, um, we've had up to seven, and that was horrible because trying to split um, you know a ten-ish hour day into seven seven different projects is impossible. It is. Something falls through the cracks, you know, it's just not sustainable. Um, so we've scaled back since then, um, and now we, we try to only take the ones that we know we can commit to for a long period of time. Meanwhile, Melissa, you, correct me if I'm wrong, you have eight full-time employees and over 1,500 clients? Mm -hmm. Probably 1,000 that are active. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we do business in Louisiana, of course, all over the state. Um, we've held a state contract for phone systems since 1984. So um, originally Toshiba, now it's ESI. So we do quite a bit of government work, um, state police, and a lot of state agencies that we support. And um, that's really, really rewarding. So you're helping and manage their communication communication system, systems. Communication systems, yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then we do we have we go from anywhere from small medium to large multi-location customers across the states. So we have customers in also um, a lot in Mississippi, a fair amount in Texas, uh, Alabama, Florida, that kind of stuff. But mostly Louisiana. But we we are a local presence, and I think that's what our customers like. Um, in the telecom world, it's really important to get United States-based support. <laughs> So, um, and, and you can imagine some of the larger providers that we do work with, you know, calling overseas is challenging to say the least. So we provide that 
buffering between um, those companies and our clients or customer base to give them the local responsiveness and support that they need. And, you know, I have to say as a company, um, I, I am Christian and I pray every day for my company and for my employees. And I think that makes a big difference. And part of what we stand for is to treat others the way we want to be treated. And, and I think that is truly the cornerstone of our business is to answer the phone, be responsive, be, you know, answer emails, call people back. You would not believe the customers that have come over to us from other um, providers who do not answer their phone and do not return calls in a service industry. So we have techs that are available 24-7 to um, do fixes and, and on the fly, you know, make changes. And um, we can talk a little bit about the changes in the industry. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's what, what we do is, is give that immediate responsiveness and support to our customer base. Because, you know, it, it's, an, it's an IT world, and we're touching on that today. But telecom is different. It's very time sensitive. So we, we have to be available to get those phones up and working for those businesses and, and agencies. You touched on a good point, uh, the changes in the industry, mm -hmm. which include apps and websites right. and that yes. kind of communication. Do you see Collins business as competition? No, I don't see it as competition. I see it as a very important type of business, especially being local to Baton Rouge. I think it's amazing. I think we need more app developers here to help businesses like us provide better solutions for their customers. Um, we do have providers that we sell for that have software apps that is just basically like um, a phone within a phone is what I call it. Like it's a cell phone app that you can use to make and receive calls on your business phone lines and also SMS, so texting back and forth. That's a big part of what we do. And then other big applications for us is like um, we do have a video meeting app. We have a collaboration tool that we can provide to customers. It's all included in our bundles and stuff. So there's a lot of neat um, th tools, I guess, that have come along in the industry. Um, and, and big game changers, of course, have been COVID. And you can imagine how that pushed a lot of businesses, and, and we all know, into remote workers. And you can imagine how that affected um, business communications, just to support that remote worker base, to give them the tools to be able to have that seamless communication where the customers really don't know where they are. And then also, you know, we've come a long way with hurricanes and hurricane preparedness. So um, we had a insurance agency that's a customer of ours and we had just moved them to a hosted uh, phone solution. And um, I can't remember what hurricane it was. It was one of the more recent ones, but it hit and knocked out power all over the city for like a week and our office did not lose power or internet, which was a godsend. And a tree fell on this customer's business and they were able to move, and it's an insurance agency, so they're handling claims for the hurricane. And um, they were able to move. They actually worked out of our office for a week, and they were able to, we were on the fly, like immediately moved their phone numbers to ringing on our phones and on apps so they did not miss a beat. You know, and that, that stuff is, that's what we do, and it's a lot of fun. Probably couldn't get through a day of work without an right, app. Right, right. What about a phone call for you? Ah. Um, no, it's actually funny that um, we're kind of talking about this because one of our products, so Breach Software was the original uh, business right um, but we've you know kind of started building our own products um, 
and that major one is is called checkup, which is essentially a way for veterinarians to or for clients to schedule appointments with veterinarians through you know a portal instead of having to call the clinic. Um, but through doing this, we found out how just how important phone calls are to veterinary clinics and a lot of service businesses. Um, and the the problem that we're trying to solve is that they're on the phone, you know, for 27 hours a day, right? Like they just don't have enough hands to answer all the phones. Um, and so part of that is people will call about things that don't really matter. And so you were mentioning that, you know, it's critical that you have people able to answer the phone. People will be calling about, oh, my, my dog food doesn't smell right. When someone else is trying to call saying, my dog's leg is broken. Um, and so uh, I, I think, you know, we are trying to take over the, the, um, the menial things, the things like, oh, I just need to go get a checkup. I don't know. It doesn't really matter, but. Uh, I don't. I don't need to call the clinic for this. Uh, but the phones need to exist for that instant communication when things really do matter, when things are an emergency or if uh, if something's going really wrong. So um, that's a really you know, good point. I think uh, it's a very symbiotic relationship. <laughs> oh yes, for sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I love that application. You know, that's a that's a great application, and it's. I'm always trying to think of a good app for our industry too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you certainly do not want your callers to get caught in the old school like voicemail jail where you'd call and leave a message, but they were on the phone so much they didn't weren't able to return check the messages and return the calls. So, yeah, we do a lot of solutions related to that. Um, we've been doing this for so long that, you know, we can come up with ideas like queuing. Like for example, we just did a um, multi-location restaurant. And they, you know, were like, oh, we, we don't want to miss any to-go orders, but they need to wait because, you know, we get busy, and they're really, really busy restaurant. And so we set up a queue to where the caller can just wait, and, the net, you know, and then the, the people that are working at the restaurant aren't inundated with calls, and it was a great solution for them. Yeah. I don't know about y'all, but I have been hearing constantly about AI and how it's impacting all these different industries and unbelievable is that impacting uh y'all's businesses at all yeah a lot (laughs) (laughs) um at this point so a few months ago probably a year ago at this point um something came out so the one that everyone's hearing about right now is chat gpt right um that's what everyone's in love with because you really can have a very real conversation with it um but that's created by OpenAI, and about a year ago OpenAI uh released Sorry, Microsoft released something called uh, Copilot, GitHub Copilot, which takes ChatGPT, what ChatGPT is built on, and uses it for code. So instead of writing sentences, it writes code for you. So if I write something like, um, you know, write, you know, build me a, a function that takes a number and multiplies it by ten or whatever, it can do that, you know, no sweat. Um, but it, you know, is a thousand times more complex than that. You can make it do things that. You like don't even know how to do. Build my business a website. Based right, maybe on not that far. <laughs> yeah, not that far jars. yet. <laughs> but um, you can definitely do things that, uh, I, you know, I'll do things that I've never touched before. Let's say I want to use a new technology that I've never worked with before. I could tell it to do something or explain how to do something to me, and it'll write the code and then show examples, things like that. So uh, every day it's, it's impacting us. Um, and, and you're having to keep up with that mm-hmm. constantly. And I think the only reason it's happening faster for the software industry is because we're all very interested in it and we want to push it further. So we keep building tools to help us. 
but every other industry is going to feel it very soon. And I think one of the things you were saying about writing mm -hmm. is that ChatGPT is an excellent writer. Not, not the best I've writer. Heard this. Not I've the heard best writer, this, but, yeah. but pretty good. Uh huh. So if you're writing something long form, like you know, writing memo about something, or let's say you're writing a long email, um, I use it all the time to write a template for that email. I'll say, write an email where I want to say this, here was the previous email, and then I give it a sample of my writing style. Um, it'll write something that I take and then just add to or remove from, and then you know, it, it becomes the final email that I send. That um, is wild. Yeah. Wow. It, what I, does I, that mean for students and papers? You know, what that's is the biggest issue. One of the things um, I don't want to spend, you know, spending thirty minutes talking about AI, but one of the things that uh, that is like a huge, um, I don't know, business opportunity right now. A lot of like the venture funding is going towards these businesses that are built on detecting AI-generated things. So, you know, AI-generated images. Have y'all seen those, like the, okay, so there's something like um, AI-generated text, but you can do it for images. Um, so there's a company that's coming up. Like how up. would you create one? Or how does it get, I, I guess that's a question for I AI. I genuinely <laughs> do not know. I mean, I, I could figure out how they do the text generation. The image generation is so beyond impressive So to do me. you say, uh, paint me a picture of a lamp and... You say, I, I want a picture of a lamp on the moon with a guy standing next to it and do it in the, the style of Van Gogh. And it'll do it, and it is unbelievably oh, wow. accurate. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I could, I'll show you all after. It's, it's <laughs> really insane. Fascinating. I mean, AI obviously keeps you on your toes. I imagine also. I, I haven't seen company. such big impacts on our business. I mean, it's more on the provider side. So I don't know. It remains to be seen how it's going to impact um, business telecom. You know? I, I mean, I don't know if this is where it's going to end up, but there is uh, one other thing that's coming up. can't remember what it's called, um, but it's voice-generated AI. So, you know, uh, you can make, you know, voices sound more and more realistic. At this point, you only need a 30-second clip of your own voice, and it can impersonate you, I mean, to a T. There aren't many things you can bet on and be guaranteed to be right. But I'd be willing to bet that if you don't currently have a phone in your hand, you recently put it down or you'll soon be picking it up. There's no getting away from it. Our phones have become an integral part of our everyday lives. And if you have a business, they're an integral part of your business too. Melissa and Colin, you and your companies that fuel the way our businesses communicate are crucial to the local business community. It's been great to meet you, and thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Melissa Acevedo, president of Preferred Data Voice Network, and Colin Abair, co-founder of Breach Software. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Melissa's phones and Colin's software by listening to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast on your podcast app and on our website, itsbatonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. These photos were taken today by Eric Otts. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at Acro. That's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la. 
on WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Murrell. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. The associate producer of Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is Peter Ricciuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Olivia Stewart. Thanks for joining me. Stephanie will be back next week here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, there's one sponsor slot open for 2023. To learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.